1: I'll take stuff live.
0: Welcome to Celtics Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for your Boston Celtics. I'm your host, Justin Pullen. With me is John Duke. It's been two weeks. We hope you enjoyed your holiday season. I know I enjoyed mine a lot more at the end as a Celtics fan than at the beginning. I told you, John, when we last left that I thought this team was ready for a little bit of a skid. And they did hit some bumps in the road, but... I think they recovered nicely, as evidenced by two games I know we want to talk about on the show today, the Rockets game, and then last night's victory over the Cleveland Cavaliers, which I will say I'm actually disappointed that Isaiah Thomas didn't play, even though I know that that may have changed the complexion of the game for the Celtics and maybe the outcome. They definitely left the door open for Cleveland but the Cavs were obviously tired on the second night of a back-to-back, having a, maybe a skit of their own except coming out of instead of heading into the holidays like the Celtics. And they didn't take advantage. And the Celtics walking away uh, actually blowout, able to put guys like Nader out on the court to close out that game. What a change when you consider that first night of the season When Hayward went down, that's the last time we faced the Cavs, you would not have expected a blowout in the rematch.
1: No, I mean, well, you know, I think you're right. Take the schedule pieces out of the puzzle. Uh, This was a night when, I mean, if you to even add to that the shooting that Kyrie put up, you know, 5 for 14, you know, I mean, not even (laughs) – in the top four as, as Celtic scores, you would think, oh, maybe this turns the other way. This is a, this is a blowout going for Cleveland's end, but you know, Cleveland looks old, slow. Uh, they looked, you know, a, a step late to the ball. They really missed Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, and That's Kevin Love say. was
0: miserable. Oh man, miserable. I know they, <laughs> I know he, you know, tweaked the ankle or whatever it was there, and so I'm sure that had an impact and you know we've obviously seen our team go through their share of tweaks over the years. Remember Jay Crowder just how difficult that was with that first high ankle sprain and things like that happen. And and this is kind of that stretch. If you remember the last couple of years, the Celtics struggling around the new year. I don't think it's an uncommon scenario. Hell look at the Houston Rockets who we just beat. They were on a five game skit at that time. I, I don't know how that ended up. I haven't, I didn't check, you know, I don't have show notes here on that, but that was the best record in the NBA now Harden's out with some injuries, and you're looking at a at a club who skidded heading into his injury. So things change very quickly in the NBA. You're right, though. Cavs looked a little old, looked a little slow, and uh Celtics capitalized. Maybe a little bit of a coming out party for Tatum, don't you think?
1: Okay. <laughs> On you. national TV, anyway, it was. On that, yeah, I mean he, he is just. That third quarter run that he went on, you know, I mean, those are the types of things where there was a, there was some good chat back and forth today. Danger Cart was kind of talking on Twitter about this, about you know what's the upside of the Celtics team? Where where are they going to go? You know, in, in not just this season, but in this you know next three four years, what are they? And, and I think that the one thing that kind of came out of that, which is you know, look, you've got guys like Tatum and you got Brown. You've got a, a potentially an, another Laker pick, which <laughs> could be as high as number two in this year's draft, which should get Bagley. you a pretty good player. Uh, you're, you're loving
0: yourself another Duke player this year. Aren't well,
1: I? I mean, it's hard to say no to all the Duke players, but, but a, I were, caught
0: that guy game uh, 32 points, 21 rebounds. I actually watched that from start to finish. It was the first college B ball game I, I took in this season. But I'm making it a point to look at more, watch more, not just because of the picks this year, but just in general, the draft is more fun the more you're able to watch. Trey Young is a player I haven't had a chance to see yet, and I haven't watched Aiton play yet, but... Uh, Bomba, there's another guy. So yep. we're getting close. I know, t- I know this show is not the show, but I want loyal listeners and fans of Celtic stuff live to know that we are heading into that season where you and I start picking our little sleepers and having our favorites. And then by the time we get to March madness, you've got your draft uh watch and draft picks ready to go for everybody.
1: It yeah, it's crazy. And you know, there's so many bigs. I mean, obviously, you look at the Celtics roster and at night like, you know, against Cleveland, when you're throwing all these wings. I mean, it's amazing to have health on the wing like the Celtics have now and you just look at them switch, 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 switch. Athletic, long guys who can, you know, defend just about anybody that Cleveland's going to throw at you. It's just you know, it really makes it hard for an offense to attack that. And so now you look at this draft coming up with guys like Aiden Bagley, uh, Porter, Bomba, um, you know, and, and that's, you know, six right there, not even count Dokich and Trey Young. That's a that yeah, if that pick in gets that two three five absolutely if they get that Laker pick to convey, you're gonna get a decent player. And, and that's all you can ask for. And, and does, remember last that?
0: year when we were talking about whether Tatum would, Tatum would be a, a good consolation prize if that's they right. didn't get the number one overall pick and then they do get it and they wind up getting a player who on the national stage has a great game. And really, for most intents and purposes, doesn't even look like a rookie out there. There are moments he didn't finish every play. He got a little aggressive when he should have laid one in and tried to dunk it. But I suppose where the game was at at that point, it's an acceptable risk. But at the same time, he's playing defense. We weren't sure about defense. Uh, The three-point shot was a question mark. He's still halfway through the season, leading the league in three-point percentage. The Celtics are 31-10. and They're on pace to win 62 games, and it's been as rigorous as it's going to get. I mean, sure, they've got to travel overseas. They have to deal with that, Um, but I think they'll weather that storm just fine. And when they come back, hopefully they're looking to get healthy, add Hayward, and that's kind of the big picture. But also let's talk about what you just said, the wings, the players. Now it's time to talk about Terry Rozier. He's been on a hot streak straight through all of this. Even during the skid, Kid was knocking down three-pointers. They asked him after the game, hey, what, I think it was Doris Burke was asking him on ESPN, you know, what's the big difference for your contributions? He said confidence. I knew once I got my confidence going, I was going to be great. And he really has gotten his confidence. And I'm still not sure he's the guy I want running the offense and setting it up. But he's Vinny the microwave and we've said that years ago. You and I talked about his potential to be that guy, but he really is. He can be instant offense and they've needed that for a long time in that second unit.
1: It, and that's, and you look at what this team needs right now. You know, they need guys who can fill in, who can make buckets. I think they've got a, a deep bench of guys who can defend. I mean, we've seen Larkin do it. We've seen, uh, you know seen them do it certainly brown has, isn't a plus offensive player but but he's he's got the defensive end Shemi Ojale, uh baines uh, you know those they've got the defensive end on that bench down pretty good they lack those those scores. But if if Rozier makes that leap, and I'm going to put Smart into a different category right now. But if Rozier makes that leap, where he can becomes that Vinny Johnson type guy, maybe not quite at that level at this point, early in his career, but that's what they need, you know. And so that, you know, that kind of end of the third where they were kind of searching for buckets, they weren't shots weren't really falling for them. Start of the fourth quarter against Cleveland, Rozier comes in, hits a couple big shots, and any chance of that game, which felt a little bit soft there, felt like it could fall back to Cleveland. Maybe if things got going, Rosier shut that door, started the fourth quarter. And those are the type of, you know, areas that kind of bench area that, you know, you and I talked about so much before the season. What's going to happen? How are they going to get Hayward involved? You know, is he going to be the bridge there that's going to allow this whole thing to flow without Hayward? We've had some rough spots, but Rozier, as you said, has really filled the gap there, particularly offensively, scoring the ball. And maybe they don't need the, the prototypical playmaker for Rozier to be that guy because if they have Hayward in that role, you can have a guy like Rozier who can defend and play you know, play a, a defended, a defend those point guards in such a way, but then on the other end, he's, he's scoring for you. He's going to get those threes. That's what you need. Absolutely. And
0: rebounding. I mean, he contributes in a lot of different ways, just as Marcus Smart does. And I guess we'll, we'll wrap up sort of this wing discussion that you're bringing up. But Marcus Smart got some love from Brad Stevens before the game, and again, I'm gonna go back to the ESPN announcers, cause that's, that's what I had to watch. I'm sure you listened to Mike and Tommy, but Absolutely. they were talking <laughs> intensely about Marcus Smart and and really propping him up. Now, Marcus obviously came out on this big stage, knocked down some big time three pointers and offensively looked better than he does on any usual night, so to speak. This is one of his better nights, especially at the beginning of the game uh, offensively. But, I think he's starting to get some respect around the league. We know his contract is coming up, but here's a guy who I don't know if you saw it after the game, and maybe we'll finish the Marcus Smart thought, and then we'll talk about Isaiah Thomas. But after the game, I don't know if you saw his hug that he gave Isaiah Thomas. But there was a couple of plays during that during that fourth quarter, I think, or maybe it was the third quarter,
1: where I think he was channeling his inner IT, and he needs to do that more. Well, you know, I think we talked in our last show, which is now over two weeks ago at this point. We talked about there was some, some real concerns about smarts, smart shooting. He just wasn't finding the range at all. And I think over that time we saw, you know, Christmas Day against the Wizards as well. What he's done really over that time is he's, he's really looking to score more effectively in the paint. Um, you know, using, I think in the early part of this year, he's really, people are looking for him to set those, that pick and roll situation and find that little pocket pass or find a way to kind of dip it in there to guys like Tice or Baines or what have you. But now I think he's getting in there and he's finding some room to get, get his shot off. And, and, but it's a close shot. It's 15, 12 feet. Sometimes he's finishing at the rim. And it, I think that's just opened up his game quite a bit. Today he hit the three. He'd kind of gone cold a little bit from distance. But I think if he's able to get those, those shots in the paint through basically setting up through his passing, I think it opens up a whole new world for him. Is the I.T., I think he's putting on a show. I think the guys like Smart and guys like Rosier and Brown and Horford really wanted this one, less so about the whole IT thing than really just to send a message to Cleveland, you know, hey, you guys punked us last year in the playoffs. We're ready for you now.
0: Yeah, and they've matured a ton, and I think there is a little bit of the Isaiah Thomas factor in there just because I think he was their heart and soul. I mean, the players you just named – Are all of the same players who remember Isaiah Thomas over the last two seasons. You know, obviously Jalen Brown up until this season grew up with IT on this club. And so that's, you know, that's kind of, I think a big factor there. Uh, Obviously smart was here before Isaiah, but not for long. And they built that culture together. And that's when things really started to turn around. So I think, I think there's a lot of respect for him there. Uh, let's talk more about Isaiah Thomas in just a second. But first, a reminder, you can follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter at CSL underscore Tweet Live. You can follow me at CSL underscore Justin. John is at CSL underscore Duke. The entire CLNS Media Network is at CLNS Media Facebook page, Facebook dot com slash CNS fans. Download the CNS Media app for iOS and Android. You will find us there as well as the round table and Celtics beat. And we'll just give a little shout to Larry H. Russell and say Good run, my friend. Good run. Last episode was Sunday. Make sure you check that out with Nick Gelso and Larry l. h. Russell saying goodbye. But Larry being a good friend of the show, always uh propping us up and as a matter of fact we we've said it before on the show, but after our long hiatus, Larry was the one who kind of pulled us back into the fold, asking us if we would do. Actually, I want to say it's almost exactly a year ago. It was early January. Wanted us to cover a show for him so he could take a, take the New Year's Day off or whatnot. And we interviewed Mark Spears, which was a great return. And I think that pulled us back into the fray. And then finally, CLNS Radio's YouTube channel, youtube.com slash CLNS media for high definition, full length locker room interviews and the garden report with CLNS founder Nick Gelso and others like Josue Pavone and our good friend. It's been a little while since we talked to him, but Jimmy Toscano. So John, let's talk about it and this whole return. It's again, unfortunate we didn't get to see him play in the game. And I know he had a nice uh, first game back the other night it was a 16 points in a short few minutes, 17 minutes or something. So he's going to give that team a lift, but Dude, just seeing his face back in the garden, forget the, pardon me, forget the applause, forget all of that. Just seeing his face again, I do miss him. There's just something about that
1: guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, IT, right? I mean.
0: The smile.
1: It's, it's the smile, right.
0: dude. He just yeah. loves the
1: game. You know, <sighs> and that's well all right i don't know if we want to go there with this but I, i'm just there's been a lot of uh short memories i think over the last 24 48 hours especially about what that guy did here what that guy did for the Celtics what that guy did for the unfortunate. franchise
0: it's way too soon for that nonsense
1: you know like i, I and i and i understand um you know wanting to you know, back the new guy, back the guy who's on the team now. But this isn't about Kyrie. I mean, Kyrie was throwing throwing you know love towards it yesterday. You know, kind of saying, you know, this guy he he gave his heart and soul. He, you know, he said all the right things. You know, and there are people out there. They're just like, what did he ever do? I mean, come on. I mean, even if you, even if you step apart from the, the emotional things that, 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 he went through, um the personal loss, the, the injuries, the, all that step, even if you, you ignore all that, there's a lot of love right now that goes to the 2002 Celtics. Okay. I, I heard it the other day. Oh, Antoine. Yeah. And those, I love those teams when Antoine was on on there and da, 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 da. Okay. Well, let's, let's take a step back. What exactly has IT done, or what what has Antoine Walker done that IT hadn't? I mean, the, the fact is, IT did more in two years than Antoine Walker did here in seven. Okay? IT was a better player here than Antoine Walker ever was as a Boston Celtic. And yet we still had yeah, one of the most heroic.
0: Here. Uh, not right. heroic. Well, it was a heroic season. Actually. Heroic. Yeah. I was about to say historic, but it probably heroic comes before historic. It yeah. was one of the most heroic and historic performances that any Celtic has ever put out on the floor. And the dude's not even 5'9, he's 5'6. Right. right. And he was closing games, then his sister, everything else, nothing but mad respect for him. And there were moments. Whereas, like, ah, eh, you're letting it drag on a little bit, but I can understand sure. why he was hurt. But out, and, and he's already seeming like that he's healed. I think it just helps being back on the floor for him. It's hard to go through. I think those emotions when you know you can't play, and now that he's back and that love of the game is coming out. You know, I think that hatchet gets buried nice and easily from this point forward. But that mutual respect has to be there. Because he did. He had an amazing year, and he did give this franchise and this city everything. And I, do you remember – I think it was – yeah, it was him. He's driving home with his wife. I don't know where they were, out to dinner or whatever. And he just stops at a playground, gets out, and goes – you know, he didn't do, like, that dunk challenge or drive-by dunking or whatever. Like, he got out, and he played with ball with some kid who was shooting by himself at a park. Like, that's – guys – just remember that one thing about that man. remember that one thing about that man and and that's all you need to know
1: well and okay, so and Paul Pierce and we love Paul Pierce and and what Paul Pierce did for his time here nineteen ninety eight to two thousand thirteen look I mean he's one of the great Celtics ever okay um, Paul Pierce was never higher than seventh in mVP voting i t was fifth. in a league full of great players, truly outstanding players. You know, he's fifth in a year when the winner averages to triple-double. The second-place guy just misses that fact. You got LeBron James, who's maybe one of the top five players ever to play the game. I mean (laughs) – Uh, how can you say he hasn't done anything here? Now, does he deserve to have his jersey retired? No, I don't believe he does. Is he a 10-great player? No.
0: Nope. The 10-year factor, but not his fault, which is why you give him lots of respect for
1: the the years he did have. Give him respect for what he has done. Give him respect for the fact that he gave his heart and soul to the Boston Celtics, which is what fans ask of players all the time. And all the time we get, we get disappointed by what we get. We don't always get what we want. We don't get the guy who plays with his heart. They play for his pocketbook or they play for, for other things. This guy played for his heart. He was what Celtics fans want their star to be. They also want him to be Six, seven, and, you know, and unfortunately IT didn't have those things, but you can still respect what he had, respect what he did. Um, and, and, you know, be okay. Look, and that period's over, but there's been a lot of dedication. You know, it's not out of the question that he might it's come so back. so absurd. It's so wrong. Yeah. Yeah, it, good. You're right. It not this happen. year. Unlikely this
0: no. year. He's going to go get paid, but he's still a young man at the age of 28 and that next contract. I don't you know who knows how long it'll be four or five years, but you could see him come back a little bit later yeah. on to be a spark off the bench, especially when this team is beginning to age and maybe they're trying to sign those players and they have a lot less to play with financially come back and let him have a run and Danny has never been shy of doing those types of things, so he reacquired antoine I yeah. mean to, to even Antoine
1: technology back I mean. Yep. Yeah, I and look and again, it is a better player than Antoine Walker ever was. Um, I just you know is a short period of time, and you know there is two different things. There's the issue of you know should he have? I don't. I don't believe. I think he has the right to say to the Celtics, "Look, guys, I don't want to do any sort of video tribute. I want my family there. I want them to appreciate that. I think he has the right to say that." I don't think that has any impact on what happens to Paul Pierce's night. I don't think it has, I mean, (laughs) backing up from that, there's a reason why they made Paul Pierce's celebration after a game. They're not even doing it at halftime like they usually do. So they've already, the Celtics have already kind of said, look, this is a separate thing. This is above and beyond and we're tacking it on after a game. Yes, it's a Cleveland game. Yes, it's going to be highly charged. Yes, it's going to have LeBron there and all that goes on. I was just going
0: to say, you know, you know what else? LeBron's probably going to that party afterwards. He's probably invited.
1: Absolutely. No question. No question. I mean, and that's, and that's okay, but I just, I'm really kind of aggravated with the way that people have, have gone after a guy either personally or gone after what he did here because, you know, look, yeah, they didn't win the championship, but there's been a lot of great Celtics seasons. They haven't won a championship, and we celebrate them now. Um, and if anyone was a fan of the last 30 years, there's a lot of Celtics teams you loved that weren't the two thousand and eighteen team. So, you know, 91, 92, 2002, you know, those were all years that – even 95, you could argue. Those were years where the Celtics kind of made something of themselves. And they weren't championship teams, but they've we've, they had a certain spunk to them, a certain fire to them that that connected with the fans. And it was the brightest of all those stars. But unfortunately, he's here, he's gone, and now we have this situation. It's just unfortunate that this is all getting mixed up in some other stuff that I think people are are really. You know, taking it personal as if the fans are owed this this video celebration, folks. If you want to see a video of it, go to YouTube.com backslash CLNS Media or CLNS Radio, and you can look up a whole bunch of it quotes, it videos, all kinds of stuff. Don't waste your time waiting for some in in arena thing that isn't terrible in the video quality when you look at it it's stupid why what do we what do we care about this for it's nuts
0: We don't. I'm ready to move on. Let's do it. (laughs) Quite honestly. But listen up, Hoops fans. Basketball season is back, and now that your favorite hardwood heroes, we say it's back, but the summer season's halfway through. They've returned to action. It's time for you to put your fantasy knowledge to the test to win huge cash prizes every night playing one-day fantasy basketball at DraftKings.com. At DraftKings, there are so many ways to play. Choose from public contests with huge cash prizes or private contests where you can compete against your friends. They've even Got beginner and casual contests where you'll play against people of similar skill level. The best part—you get to draft a new team each day, and drafting a team is arguably the best part of fantasy. The only thing better—winning some cash doing it. Just ask Dan from St. Louis or Jeremy from Austin. They both turned a three-dollar entry into a thousand bucks. Huge cash prizes and bragging rights await. Only at DraftKings. Use the code CLNS at DraftKings.com. That'll be free with your first deposit for a share in $10,000 in total prizes. That's tonight. Don't wait. Use code CLNS at DraftKings.com now to choose your lineup. And you can seriously cash in. That's code CLNS only at DraftKings.com. The game inside the game. A minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All, all right, John, so we want to move on. I know one thing you want to make sure we squeeze in before we maybe predict the next week instead of the next month like we have uh, since our last show. But before we get into our predictions, let's talk about that Houston game because,
1: oh. I, oh. honestly,
0: Harden's push-off, he that whole – It was a weird way to end a game. I won't say it's the commonly officiated way to end a game. It was ironic that it was going the Celtics' way, the way that the game was officiated from the beginning. Only two refs were suited up. They were missing a third who was, I believe, sick, probably sitting in the hotel with the flu. Everybody seems to have had the flu over the holiday season this year. Um, Just about everybody I know has been through some sort of a bug. But at the end of the day, two's not enough, and it's a great example of how momentum and energy and effort can sway how the calls go. Having said all that, Harden had it coming, and I remember Gordon basically headbutting was it Jalen no, it was Marcus Smart or Marcus. Marcus. Basically headbutting him on the way down the court. So certainly had they, they had a, they had some calls coming their way, but not the best officiated game, no matter how you slice it.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I think that this was, as you said, I think the referees played a large role in it, not just the end of the game, but throughout. I mean, from the opening minutes, this was a game that was poorly officiated, both sides. There was so much that <laughs> they missed, uh, so much that they called that wasn't there. Um, you know, even at the start of the game, I think it was four nothing and there was a drive to the hoop that, uh, I'm trying to remember who was it. I think it was, might have been Marcus. He took it to the hole and just got a No call, goes back the other way, ticky tack foul, they go to the line. You know, it was, it was, it was a game of two halves in terms of officiating and the, the, offici- the officials probably went with the way that, <laughs> the way that the, the momentum was carrying them. And you could see it. You could clearly see that that was happening. Um, but you know, you, you got to tip your cap to Marcus Smart because Marcus, you know, in that second unit kind of turned the energy around, uh, in that, in that third quarter and they just never gave up. They never gave up that night. Uh, the scoring, I mean, I, oh man, Kyrie was just another planet. Tatum, uh, it was a great game to be at. Uh, it was great to get to meet Tommy. Uh, I'd never had a chance to meet Tommy before. All I saw the years... that
0: on Facebook, your picture with Tommy. I was like, yeah. that's pretty wild because, you know, yeah, even when you're in that media room, you know, people kind of respect Tommy's privacy. Everybody kind of knows, don't, don't be climbing all over Tommy or, or even, you know, just trying to get his thoughts and insights. He sits with, you know, Gorman quite a bit and, you know, you see some of the old crew coming in or, you know, maybe some of the Celtic staff, CSN people, but for the most part, I think everybody's done a really nice job of giving Tommy a space and, you know, not, not being that way. So it is, it is funny that you've been in the room with him so many times, you know, covering the games, but then not. Uh, having had a chance to meet him, but it looked like your boys had a blast, dude. Oh man.
1: Yeah. So my youngest, last time he went, he was like two. And so he didn't really remember it. Right? So we, we, you know, this was a, a big, big gift uh to be able to go down there. And uh yeah, we had a great time. I mean, my oldest and I were going nuts and the youngest was a little late. It was an eight o'clock game. Uh, but we were, we were the loudest in our section and, uh, you know, awfully proud of that. I got to introduce Tony Brothers to a whole host of kids who were sitting around us, uh, let them know what a, what I thought of his, of his job. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, it was, it was, it was a tremendous time. Hope to get to catch up with some of the CLNS guys there, but uh Nick was out of town and so um Jimmy was there but I'm going, down, I'm going I'm so. going
0: to uh to the game against Portland with my son his first game on Super nice. Bowl Sunday so ooh,
1: yeah ooh, very cool. that'll be fun it'll that'll be, be a good time
0: be interesting so the debate is right now do I fly my two daughters up because we've got four tickets so it's either like my mom and dad who live in Maine are going to go with my son and I, or I can fly the girls up. And then I don't know if we'll just drive back from Boston at that point to Pennsylvania or what we'll do. But so we're trying to work out the logistics right now, but mm. definitely be there. And, and you know, I've got to make sure I reach out to Mike and make sure I make the, yeah. the little VIP introduction, uh, let Riley meet, meet, uh, meet Mike in person.
1: Yeah, I didn't get a chance, to, even though it was a TNT game, I didn't get a chance to talk to Mike. He was, he was ensconced with uh, some pretty deep discussion there. So maybe, maybe next time on our, our next trip, but, uh, deep discussion.
0: Yeah. Who was he talking oh, to?
1: Uh, I'm trying to remember who it was. Was it, it might have been Austin. It might have been talking to Austin Age. Oh, I okay. can't remember. There was a couple of them lined up on the bench there that uh, weren't just hanging out, but, um, yeah, look, I mean, and what's great about the games now is that, like, my wife went and, she, you know, and she played ball and she knows the game. But, you know, she's not insane like you and I are, of course. And, you know, she went, great time. I mean, everybody has a great time, you know. And and so, you know. It didn't no look matter. like it was going
0: to be that way in the first half, though. <laughs> I felt in so bad time, for you, dude. I- I almost, I almost turned the set off and went to bed. You know that. Yeah. And my son's with, and he's like, "Shut up, Dad! Shut up! They're coming back! I'm telling you right now! I'm calling it! We get halfway through the fourth quarter, and he's basically parading around the living room. Called it!
1: Called it!" So the apple doesn't fall far from the tree That is what you're saying No, not at all Not, not at all He's totally a mini-me <laughs> Yep, see, I called, I told you That was what was going to happen <laughs> That's great and, 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 you know When you saw that happen You know, it was just You thought, well, the Celtics They always come back Weird stuff happens But, I mean, like you, you know Like, still, it's like it's, Yeah, it's twenty-six. It, it just—it felt like the, it felt like the Super Bowl. Honestly, it's like okay. It but was a, not
0: just twenty-six; it was twenty-six against a team with the best record in the NBA.
1: Absolutely, who were hitting everything in the first half. I mean, they couldn't miss a damn thing. And and Marcus Morris looked like he should have been taken out and gotten the old Yeller treatment at halftime. He yeah. was horrendous. But that, that know, was his they, first game back, right? Was I mean, yeah, like effective, I, I mean, he was came back and then he was gone again. But yeah, no, he was rusty. He was terrible. He sucked. He was awful. But. He didn't suck in the second half because he made Ryan Anderson look like a piece of trash. I mean, honestly, it was it was amazing. It was such a great game. It was a great time. Great, great comeback. And you know, now you look at that in in the prism of of the of the Cavs win. They beat the Warriors. They beat the Cavs. They beat the Rockets. You know, and I mean, what else can you ask for at this point? Halfway through the season, you're thirty one and ten. There, you could not have scripted this. If you, if they had Gordon Hayward through all this and they were 31 and 10, I'd be surprised. You know, that, that's how unbelievable this start has been. And now once they get through this weekend, they have a week and a half off almost with no games. And they're going to be able to get in the lab, get some practice time. They basically haven't
0: practiced. I was just going to say oh they basically haven't even yeah. had a chance to practice and they're doing this.
1: And as you said, most people didn't
0: even pre- predict that they'd get 60 wins with Hayward. They're overperforming with some major curveballs along the way, not, not just injuries, but schedule. But do you think now I'm going to throw this out there with that whole break in the schedule that you just mentioned and practice will definitely be good, but we've seen these Brad Stevens teams be better on the second night of back-to-back. Sometimes I wonder if this chemistry and, you know, work ethic and the grinding that they do is, it's almost a benefit to play lots of games. I know the injury factor is not, and it'll come out in the wash in the second half of the season with a more modest pace, but you get what I'm saying. Like sometimes that's broken their stride when they get this time off.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you have to take what's happened in the last month or two months and kind of put that aside because I think that that hasn't been good you know, on a prolonged basis. I think you're right. There's a mentality that that Brad Steven's teams have. You know, when it's toughest, we're at our best. Um, You know, we don't use the second half of back-to-back as an excuse. The game just like the first half is. So, they are mentally tougher in those in that regard. But but I think over that stretch that we've talked about, this this November, you know, December slog they've been on, it that's that's a different category. But I think that the more they're gonna be on a schedule that's more the normal rest, which is really what they should have been doing all along. And yeah. I think that there's a possibility, you're right, that it could be go the other way. But with so many rookies so many players not understanding what they're doing. Almost no practice time to speak of this season. I think it's a, it's far ahead as a plus for this team as they, as they move into 2018, they move towards the playoffs and, and obviously maybe even they're integrating the new player at the, at the trade deadline and maybe reintegrating their, uh, max free agent that they signed.
0: You really think they'll bring somebody in? I mean, I know we're getting a little bit. Yes. Ahead of it, but it's January. Typically, what we say is happen. January is okay to start discussing trades,
1: and, well, it, the, and the draft the kind
0: of kicks in right after the trade deadline. I know it's earlier this season, right? Yeah, it was...
1: I mean it's it's two three weeks earlier, so you have to start talking about that now. I mean, the trade. But do you deadline really is think they'll bring somebody in? Today. You
0: said definite. So if you're saying definite,
1: I, yeah, I think who definitely... goes. Well, they have the defense, the, the, the DPE. So, so you think it's picks and fringe player like Nader I, or
0: something like that.
1: I, Scal was on with, with Chris Mannix, uh, on his podcast and he said that he thought that the Celtics are looking for somebody with that, that $8 million DPE. And then you can also give someone 125% raise the next year. So let's say someone's making $18 million, They opt out. They get that money you sign them for eight and then you give them 10 next year. Well, that's like, you got, you know, far more than than the 8 million initial investment. So, you know, somebody who's maybe worth a lot more, their, their bargain is, well, look, you're already getting the 18 and you're going to get 18 next year. It's like two years at 18 million. So it's not a bad, a bad deal. So you guys got guys like, like Greg Monroe, you know, Tyreek Evans, uh, you know, I don't, I don't see Lou Williams being cut, but certainly Monroe and, and Reek would be two guys that I think could fall into that category and that they could fit for that type of uh, scenario. I would feel like Memphis was going to want something. Don't I'm you basically sure lose Marcus
0: Smart financially in that scenario though? Like if you use it, how much money do we really have to try to get somebody like Marcus Smart to come back? I understand we don't want to just throw it away. We've got it and we can use it and still get Hayward. So that's the
1: hilarious part of it. Uh, well, well, I mean, okay, on the one hand, it's a one year deal, right? So using DPE doesn't impact Marcus Smart's, the resign of Marcus Smart at all. Resigning this player. Okay. Well, then that's a different scenario. Then true. you're in a situation where that $10 million could cause an issue, but an attack sense, not so much in a in a re signed smart sense, because obviously he, you know, we have bird rights on him. So the question is really, is there another team that's going to max him out this summer? I don't think there is. I mean, even with his improved play, I feel like Smart's not going to get that offer. They're going, he's going to play for another year, and then we'll see. And I think that's the best of all worlds, just because his shooting isn't where it needs to be for him to really you know make some No sense. he can't
0: he can't get that he can't get that max deal, that's for sure. Uh, no. and serious no. money. And I think I can't remember where I put him, but I think I put him at like thirteen or fourteen million and some people told me no. I was crazy, but I think that's probably where he's gonna
1: land. But if Roberson is getting or Andre Roberson, Roberson, whatever his name is, if he's getting I think it's twelve. it you know, ten or twelve None I think that's Smart's a little bit north of that, but not considerably so. Yeah. All so, right. So, so, so,
0: you think Smart's going to be able to come back? Is what you're thinking? As, as a,
1: yeah, as a restricted, you know, RFA guy, I think he'll come back. And well, essentially, you the, don't
0: think he'll get enough that the Celtics wouldn't match,
1: right? Right. His agent isn't going to find that deal out there because you got, there's a lot of guys for free agents this summer who I think will attract enough attention that if you're going to spend the money, that's the guy you're going to go for, not, not Marcus. So yeah. And, and adding the defense, you know, the, the, you know, the DPE. Now maybe that means you don't use the MLE or maybe you split the MLE this summer because that's the thing with this bench is we're kind of looking way ahead here, looking to 19. I mean, they're at a point where you've got all these rookies. Are you going to, you know, if you guys got to get signed, they're all going to come up. Guys got to get signed. And, you know, are you, would it be nicer to have some vets on the bench that, that kind of know the game and know where they're going? I mean, maybe you don't want to send out a guy like Ojale, but Nader, (laughs) you know, uh, I hate to see Nader go, um, you know, but, there's going to be some attrition there. Baines is on a one year deal. You know, he's not going to re-sign for the money that he signed back for. So I think we got to think about how they could do this, where they're going to go with it. But I think they're going to try to add that player. Um, it makes a lot of sense for me, what Scal was saying. And so if they do, then that's, that's, that's one more piece of the puzzle. Maybe they are closer to contending this year than we think. And I, I, I originally thought. And I think that could be the case. All right. So as
0: we're coming to the end of the show, we're going to talk about the two games we have until they <laughs> head across the pond, as they say. So Minnesota, new look, Minnesota, Chris Dunn's Minnesota.
1: <laughs> Not anymore.
0: Jimmy right. Butler's Minnesota. No, no, that's right. Jimmy Butler's. That's right. Chris Dunn's in Chicago. And yeah. and now he's kind of coming on. That's why I was laughing because I was thinking about how he is. Yeah. You know, because I was like, no, we don't want him. You know, and I was like, no, 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 no. And then it really looked that way with Brown, but now he's coming on. But anyway, Jimmy Butler's Minnesota. So we have that, and we have another matchup against the Nets already again. Uh, A team that that pick is climbing, unfortunate for the Cavs, and the Lakers pick spotting nicely for us. It's it's really – we talked about that, though, when the trade was made. It's like, you know what, that Lakers pick – might actually be more valuable. So here we are, and it's definitely starting to look that way. They put together a coach and got some pieces and some players that, you know, help them stem the tides. And so are they still bad? Yeah, they're still bad, but they're not horrible. Um, but I'm thinking two wins, or do you yeah. think Minnesota steals 2-0. one?
1: No, 2-0. and Silks are feeling good about themselves right now. They see the light at the end of the tunnel. They see that they got some 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 time to, in, in their future. They're going to London. Two and I don't maybe. mean to go early. Do you think it's a
0: let-down game in London? The jet lag and
1: yes, I think I that's very too. possible. I do too. I think it's very possible. I just it's weird. Do you think those it's... guys
0: all hang out like Embiid and Fultz and Brown. Do you think those guys, like with all that time over there or whatever, end up you know wind up? You know, like doing the stuff together? you have like
1: two teams together? Or maybe you not, like... not
0: necessarily like the two teams like coming together for it, but, but like maybe some of these younger players, you know, they're up and comers, the Ben Simmons and the Embiid and, and, you know, Smart and Jalen Brown and Tatum. Yeah. Do you think any of these guys wind up intermingling a little bit while they're in London?
1: I think, you know, I think there's, there's some relationships there. Uh, you know, I think Embiid, um, you know Simmons yeah i think there's some of that i think they'll be the nba will will put that upon them but i think this is going to be really good for for team chemistry team bonding and we saw what happened with the rome trip in 08 um the sellers have made it through the worst part of their schedule unscathed uh and ex- and maybe better now can they can they build that type of chemistry and really more importantly practice time to get these players to where they're ready to play, not just through the rest of the, of the 41 games of the, of the schedule, but really talking about April, May, and June. Well, And that's really the challenge, is, is the, the, the work now to be ready for that.
0: All right, so that basically tees up next week's show for sure because it's all we'll have on the docket to talk about got <laughs> it. be that trip. So everybody stay tuned. We'll be back in – not so many days because obviously this is a late release but this broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media mobile app don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke a heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in remember that you can support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher we'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show for staff writer Samuel Elias executive producer Larry H. Russell the founder of CLNS Media Nick Gels so and my co-host John Duke I'm Justin Poolin. thank you for listening to another edition of Celtics stuff live
1: Celtics stuff live